Hello, and welcome to episode 67 of the Dayson Digest podcast. My name is Melissa Johnson, and I'm a professor of medicine at Duke University Medical Center and a liaison clinical pharmacist with Dayson. Today's episode is entitled Rx for Success, Tackling Penicillin Allergy Delabeling in Our Hospitals. We will be discussing an article that was recently published in Clinical Microbiology and Infection by Daniel Hearsey and colleagues at a hospital in the Southwest of England. This paper describes an intervention program focused on evaluating patients for penicillin allergy delabeling. As a reminder, the link to the article will be posted in the show notes for your reference. So first, we have been talking about evolving data in the area of penicillin allergies for the past several years in many of our Dayson hospitals. We know that 10% of the U.S. population reports a penicillin allergy, but less than 1% are truly allergic. Use of alternative antibiotics such as estreonam, clindamycin, and fluoroquinolones in penicillin allergic patients has been associated with worse outcomes such as an increased risk of surgical site infections or adverse events such as C. difficile infections. While penicillin skin testing has been proposed to evaluate certain patients with a history of penicillin allergy, skin testing requires significant resources. It may require several hours of observation, dedicated personnel, or an allergy specialist to conduct the testing, and this may not be available in all facilities. Thus, there has been an increasing interest and a growing body of research into the use of alternative strategies such as questionnaires and evaluation tools to aid in penicillin allergy assessment and delabeling that might be useful in a variety of settings for many of these patients, especially low-risk patients. So in this particular study, the study team piloted a pharmacist-led multidisciplinary penicillin allergy ward rounding intervention. This was conducted in a 750-bed hospital in Southwest England, where they did not have an allergy service. They conducted daily ward rounds five days a week, Monday through Friday, on adult medical and surgical wards to conduct the intervention. They excluded the intensive care unit, maternity ward, pediatric ward, and the hematology oncology ward for this pilot program. They used a penicillin allergy assessment toolkit similar to what we have used within Dason, with guided questions to aid in assessment of the clinical scenario for each patient. They also had a dashboard, similar to what we might see in some of our EHRs that showed patients on the wards of interest with a penicillin allergy, as well as some clinical characteristics, such as age, information about the allergic reaction, and other antibiotics the patient was receiving. And this helped identify some target patients for the intervention. The program was led by a stewardship pharmacist and included one other antibiotic pharmacist and some junior physicians who all completed a training program before starting the interventions. The study was conducted from November 7th of 2022 to January 31st, 2023, so just a couple months. During this time, the investigators reported that there were more than 7,000 inpatients on eligible wards at the hospital during this time. They were median age of 71 years, with about 52% females. Each day, they would review their dashboard to identify potentially eligible patients for the study. On review of clinical criteria, they then would proceed with the questions available with patient agreement 
And then if possible, they would delabel the patient based on the questions and the clinical information at hand. If necessary, they could then go on to do an oral challenge of the patient. But again, they required consent of the patient before proceeding with this. In total, of the more than 7,000 patients that were eligible, about 16% or more than 1,000 patients had a penicillin allergy noted on admission to the hospital, of which about half were prescribed an antibiotic. Among the patients receiving an antibiotic, which was 587 patients, about half were receiving a penicillin and had the allergy history taken. Of these, about 37% had a high-risk allergy history. 45 patients, or about 16%, met low-risk criteria and were eligible for delabeling on history alone. And 26%, or 73 patients, met low-risk criteria and were eligible for an oral challenge. Among those who met low-risk criteria and were eligible for delabeling immediately based on their history, the majority of these were immediately delabeled, although five patients did not consent to delabeling. 60% of these delabeled patients were switched to a penicillin and followed up by the study team, of whom one patient reported oral thrush by day five and one patient reported a maculopapular rash at day six. The mean time between antibiotic initiation and direct delabeling with an antibiotic change to penicillin was 2.2 days. Again, 26% of the patients seen met low-risk criteria and were eligible through their protocol for direct drug provocation testing, otherwise known as oral challenge. They had a specific protocol to help guide this. Of 73 patients eligible for the oral challenge, about 22% completed it. Looking over the supplemental information provided in the manuscript, this seemed to be an oral challenge with the agent the patient had reacted to previously, or if that was unknown, amoxicillin 500 milligrams orally, and then they were observed for 60 minutes. They did mention that they had 500 milligrams of epinephrine on hand in the event of a severe reaction to the oral challenge and required that all oral antihistamines be stopped 72 hours prior to the oral challenge, since that could mask a reaction. Of those challenged, 14 of the 16 patients reported no reactions five days after the oral challenge, and two were lost to follow-up. Nine patients were switched penicillin antibiotics to complete their antibiotic course. 57 patients in total were not given a direct oral challenge even though they were eligible, and the most common reason for this was denying consent for this process. The authors remarked that this might have been improved with better education about the procedure. The authors were unable to obtain a history from about 20% or so of patients, and one patient was undergoing allergy testing at another hospital, so was not eligible. So what was the impact of all this? Of 24 patients who were directly delabeled, the majority were switched from levofloxacin to amoxicillin, resulting in 139 days of penicillin and reduced alternative antibiotic days of therapy by 143. Of patients who received direct challenges, the most common switch was away from levofloxacin or meropenem to amoxicillin. 
Switching resulted in 31 days of penicillin and saved 31 days of alternative antibiotics. Of 19 delabeled patients who received antibiotics after discharge, about half received a penicillin. They also had some leadover impact to other patients in the hospital that were not part of the study during this time, as an additional 131 patients were prescribed to penicillin by clinical teams without study team involvement. And almost half of these additional patients had their penicillin allergy record removed from the EHR. In total, with these efforts, almost a third of inpatients with a penicillin allergy requiring an antibiotic during their inpatient stay were able to receive a penicillin. So what did we learn? Among those candidates for direct oral challenge, rates of actual oral challenge completion were low. This was due to perhaps misunderstandings among patients about what this would entail or the risks of this procedure. Additional education might help improve rates of direct oral challenges in this patient population. The authors also had a fairly restrictive criteria for eligibility for those that could receive oral challenges in this study and made a comment that it was probably too restrictive based on emerging information about penicillin allergy assessment. In addition to this, they had categorized some types of allergy history as higher risk than other investigators and commented that these are likely to be lower risk scenarios that would increase the pool of individuals who might be eligible for delabeling. Some of the additional limitations of the study are that it is a single center experience in the United Kingdom. Race and ethnicity of the study participants was not reported, but many of those studied have predominantly included white patients, which might limit the generalizability overall. The authors did not state how many hours they spent on these activities each day or in total during the study. They seem to screen a lot of patients to identify those that would be eligible for delabeling or oral challenges and ultimately get those patients on a penicillin. This kind of program can have benefits beyond the initial hospital admission as patients have readmissions in the future that are impacted as well. That information was not presented here, but is something for us to think about. This study did show an example of a strategy for how a hospital might go about incorporating some of these approaches into their day-to-day -day workflow. Another thought again is to work with nursing and or your medication reconciliation personnel to ask these more specific types of allergy questions during the intake assessment and record them in the chart so that they can then be followed up on by the pharmacy and our medical teams. With some refinement, we could use these kinds of data to more rapidly and efficiently evaluate patients for delabeling. As we saw in the paper here, many of the patients presenting to us can be automatically delabeled with the use of these questionnaires and tools to identify those at lowest risk of penicillin allergy. For those at slightly higher risk, but still considered low risk, the use of direct oral challenges is gaining in popularity, and according to the Drug Allergy Practice Parameter Update, can be considered for adults with a history of distant, meaning more than five years ago, and benign cutaneous reactions, such as urticaria. They also state that single-dose amoxicillin challenge without prior allergy testing is recommended if their past reaction consisted of a maculopapular exanthem or urticarial eruption not accompanied by any systemic symptoms that did not involve blistering or exfoliation of the skin or mucous membranes. The logistics of these types of direct oral challenge protocols can be discussed and worked into institutional systems with some effort.
but often require additional nursing or clinician time, as in the study we discussed today. So this is something to consider. There has been some question about whether or not a single oral challenge would be enough to rule out a delayed reaction in patients, but the allergy group suggested that these delayed reactions are quite rare and are typically non-severe in this group of patients, so something like multiple days of challenges are not necessary. So as luck would have it, as we were preparing to record this episode today, a new paper on this very issue was just published. It is a randomized controlled multicenter trial comparing the rate of reactions in patients with PENFAST scores of two or less who underwent a direct oral challenge compared to those who had penicillin skin testing followed by an oral challenge. This is partially done because penicillin skin testing might have some false positives and overcall patients who actually would tolerate an oral penicillin. PENFAST is a clinical prediction tool that has been studied and validated to help assess risk of penicillin allergies in patients 16 years of age and older based on their clinical history. Someone with a low or very low risk of penicillin allergy would have a score of two or less using PENFAST. It is pretty straightforward to calculate a PENFAST score for a given patient, but there are also some online apps and websites to aid in this. We discussed this in our December 2022 webinar with Dr. Mary Staiku, so I encourage you to look back at that on our members' website if you're interested, and I will put a link on the website to some PENFAST calculators. We may discuss this PALACE study in more detail in future episodes, but the investigators found that the direct oral challenge was non-inferior, or in other words, similar to a two-step process involving penicillin skin testing followed by oral challenge for adult patients with the PENFAST scores of two or less, or low-risk penicillin allergies. The primary outcome of this study was an immune-mediated reaction experienced by a patient within one hour of the intervention. This was only experienced by one patient in each treatment group one in the oral challenge and the other in the skin testing followed by oral challenge. So these rates were similar with no serious adverse events in either group. So together, these data suggest that we can work to incorporate penicillin allergy assessment and delabeling processes into our workflow, potentially using questionnaires and clinical prediction tools such as PENFAST to help us assess risk in these patients and ultimately identify those who can safely receive penicillins. As evidenced by the study in the UK, there are many patients who will be eligible for direct delabeling without even a challenge. However, this data from the PALACE trial helps identify some additional patients that might be eligible for this oral challenge, and we can work that into our protocols. If you would like to consider penicillin allergy assessment and delabeling strategies more at your facility, we encourage you to reach out to your Dayson liaison. We would be happy to assist with this. So thanks for joining us today to discuss this more about penicillin allergy delabeling. On behalf of all the Dayson staff, I'd like to thank you for listening. Just as a reminder, the paper mentioned today will be posted on our website for the podcast. We hope you check it out and come back in two weeks for our next Dayson Digest.